Hi, this is Alex Akin with the Very Bros Podcast, recording episode 10 of season 5. Uh, Kyler is busy tonight, so he's not joining us, but we got uh, Nick and Trevor still with us. <laughs> uh, Nick. Mostly. Nick has a, a song that he shared with us that's pretty exciting that we'll review. And. Yeah, how's your week going, Nick? It's going all right. Yeah, it's a busy season where I work, so um, it means a lot more people coming in to get projects done, uh, which is fine. You know, it's good. It's kind of nice to be busy because, you know, I always feel like with the busier I am, the faster, the, the more quickly the day goes, which is nice because then I can be done at work. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it'll be busy for the next until christmas for me so busy at work otherwise i've been fine just kind of i've been really i've just been feeling it really in a musical mood kind of in the mood to like make some music and do something with music so um every night i'm trying to force myself to sit down at the piano and do something nice. sometimes nothing happens like the other night i was like sitting there and i wrote down three chords that i liked and I, that was like all i did but uh-huh. some nights I'll, I'll sketch out a whole cool new song so i don't really know but um I'm, you know in that kind of mood and just being busy at work how about you what's been going on yeah, my drawing has kind of been like that. It's kind of, I'm kind of working on more of the technical things like drawing hands and stuff. So it, it's kind of. Those are difficult, right? Everybody says that they're like hard to, they're just so, it's one of those things, it's sort of like, I guess it's sort of like a face where if you see it and it looks wrong, it immediately looks wrong. You know, whereas some things you can kind of, you can kind of fake some things better, but a hand, people are so used to hands because we just, we're so tactile, I guess, and we just look at our yeah. hands all the time. So um, I know those can be difficult. Yeah, work is, it's not really busy. It's, I feel like I'm lucky because projects and stuff come in like right at the time that I'm finishing up the previous one. So I'm still keeping like somewhat busy, but not really busy <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> And Trevor, Trevor, you you're awake mostly right now. Um, how how's how's your last week been? Uh, last week was pretty good. Um, how much happened? I uh, went to to play and uh, slept. I think you should use your mic. I could I could barely hear you. Yeah, the built-in mic on your Chromebook's a little it's a little soft, so I think we're not used to the if to your voice switch, being like that. Uh, switch the out for it. There you go. Wouldn't be a tech podcast without a few technical <laughs> difficulties, but that better? It sounds kind really of. bad, but the volume is higher. <laughs> the volume is higher, but it's not necessarily easier to hear. Okay, speak. Um, that's no, that's then, better. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you. I could just yeah. use my uh, mic. It's right in your hand, so it sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> oh, wait. It's just strong one. Okay. There you are. I can hear your voice. There now. I am. You can hear me loud and clear. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, how's it been? Been chill, you know. Just uh, buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Pretty much it. For all those nice. uh, Yu-Gi-Oh in-person games that you've been playing, how's that been going? Yeah, great. Uh, I started playing Pokemon, though. 
That's right. Yeah. How do you feel about those games yeah. so far? How far um, have you gone into So far, I've gone to the first gym. I haven't gone in the gym yet, but yeah, pretty good so far. It was funny. Trevor and I had a um, little discussion. It was last night about. He's like, "Oh, what's your who's your favorite uh, Elite Four member from Pokemon?" And it took me. Some of them I can easily remember. Nobody forgets the first or even the second yeah. gen. But then after I remember the third. But after the third, it gets a little bit hazy for me. I remember most of the fourth. And the fifth, I I don't know. I guess maybe I guess maybe it's just we're just trying to shit on like the sixth generation of Pokemon because both Trevor and I are like I don't remember any of these people. <laughs> Trevor because he didn't play the game. Me because they I, I did play the game. They weren't that. Right I don't think I beat the game. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, you didn't play the Elite Four part of the game. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I thought that was it was interesting. I don't know. Like, did did you yeah. ever say Trevor? Trevor, who's your favorite Elite Four member or two? Oh well, I said as uh, Island Kahuna girl. She's like the ghost trainer. The ghost one, yeah. Yeah, it's like Asadola, but it's like a it's like a berry, I think, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It's not a berry that I've heard of, but it's cool that, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm here for ghost yeah. types. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know, it's kind of weird because the Elite Four has, like, no story at all. It's just random people at the very end that you beat. So that's, I don't think they're very memorable, <laughs> except for the first one. The first I'm trying gen. to think of the, if any of the games have had the Elite Four be more involved in anything. Because the one thing about the fifth gen is that the gym leaders themselves were more involved in the actual game. But I don't oh, remember. Yeah. But I'm trying to think about in, the gym uh, leaders. 6th gen. Elite Four. The 6th gen, the one that we can't remember because it was memorable to us. <laughs> Wait, what generation are we on now? Oh, 7th seventh, seventh gen, sorry, 7th gen. No, 8th. Right. Well, I mean the, that the one with the island Kahuna. I think there's a lot more story involved with each trainer there, right? Hmm. Yeah, but I guess when you said what are we on, we're on the London game or whatever, the England one, which is yeah, a generation after that, which is eight, right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just remember the anime, and the anime goes further into depth with characters, so um, it has a lot. More story time, I guess, as opposed to just like grinding to beat gyms. Yeah, I think I, the first. I don't know. I I like the. I remember the first generation a lot more because like the Elite Four is something they used to train and stuff. I don't know. I used yeah. the, the Elite Four. A lot you more use the, the second generation. generation Elite Four train also. I mean, everybody kind of does. They're just they're because they they give you a lot of experience, and they're like a bunch of good Pokemon in a row to beat. So it makes sense to every, everybody trains. I, I mean, a lot of people train there. I guess once you do your EV training, you can just give them experience by leveling them up there. Hmm. Well, uh, about six months ago, maybe seven months ago, one of my favorite YouTubers decided to like try to be like uh, Mr. Beast and make like bigger film videos rather than his daily videos. And who's this? His name is uh, Rumi. Have you heard of Rumi? It's the channel's called Rumi Official. Um, he's been uh, he's been on YouTube for I think before what's the the big Swedish YouTuber. <laughs> big Swedish YouTuber. Never mind. 
Is it like uh, the press? The press one? Is that Swedish? Oh, it's a Dutch, right? One of the Russians. PewDiePie. PewDiePie. It's funny how we're all thinking about that for like a good few seconds, whereas everybody else in the world probably knows exactly who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know who he is when I think about it, but I just, my mind does not I, go to I him because I don't watch it. Don't watch his videos. So, yeah. Rumi, Rumi was on before PewDiePie, and Rumi had a little bit more of a following, and then PewDiePie just took off and left him in the dust. <laughs> I should probably, I should watch it someday, like one or two of those PewDiePie videos just to see what it's about. Because it makes me wonder, like, with every with everything that gets really popular, whether it's a movie or music or a video um, creator on YouTube, there must be something there that makes people really want to uh, consume their content, right? Like I, I don't know. I've seen a couple of clips, and I'm just like, oh, I guess you're just a charismatic game streamer. I don't, I don't know. People yeah. are into it though. People are very into it. My two favorite uh, YouTubers are more creative oriented. Um, Rumi is about music and uh, Jazza. He's my second. He's like an artist. He does drawing and all sorts of artistic stuff. I don't know if you heard of him. But those are two. My, those are my two favorite ones. It's really disappointing when Rumi kind of tried to go big. and. Well, was he successful? Did he get a larger following that way? No, he didn't. <laughs> it kind of didn't work for him. And he finally, he recently, maybe in the past couple of weeks, he started doing daily videos again. So I'm excited to see his stuff again. Hmm. I binged uh, maybe five of his videos or so yesterday because he's doing daily stuff again. Are they kind of long form or are they short? Like on an average video, is it like a 15 minute thing? or? Yeah, 15 minute. Yeah, one of them is kind of crazy because um, they did this challenge. Have you watched the Hot Ones? I, I know about it. I've, I see it recommended to me all the time. People send them to me, and I still haven't really watched them. But um, yeah. it seems like something I'd be into because it seems funny to watch people eat spicy food. <laughs> but they questions or whatever. They had a challenge to see who can make the best song in uh, hmm. a hundred minutes. Who got, and who every, got to judge that? Was it just and, a random person, or? Yeah, they actually went out and found uh, some random person and had them review the songs and decide which one's the best one. And yeah, it was pretty cool to see these talented artists make music in like a uh, hundred minutes and they would take a break every 10 minutes to eat one of these <laughs> little hot ones. That's I'll wake you up. How much progress I'll do you, you can make what? in a hundred minutes of making a song? Hmm. Well, I think it depends, I guess, what kind of music you're making. I mean, if you if you just want to, you told me to write a song in 100 minutes, I would probably sit at a piano and I would write like a, I'd just write using the one instrument, I guess. If it's to write a song, I'd sit at a piano. If it's to create, to create a like a music track, a song, I'd be sitting in front of Logic and I'd have a bunch of synthesizers or orchestral instruments. You know, it's very different to me. Like writing a song to me is a little bit different than producing a song, you know? Mm-hmm. So if somebody said write a song, I'd sit in front of a piano. I could write a song in 100 minutes. I mean, it would. I don't know if it would be that good, but I could. it wouldn't be too hard to put something together with different chords and whatever. If somebody said produce a finished track, and, like with a you know, a full orchestra or with a bunch of th synthesizers and drums, that would be harder because that stuff just takes time, I think. 
you know, what, no matter what kind of music you're making, to really polish it up, it takes time. You can you can sketch something out though, like that. Like I shared some music with you guys today, and that that's not like a whole bunch of time. That's like one night of sitting in front of the keyboard and just oh, really? playing things out. Huh. I mean, it, it takes it took hours, but it didn't take like what I still have to go through all of that and then do all the dynamics and like where does the volume go up and down and where yeah. do the the horns play stronger or less strong? Like all that stuff. That's what for me takes time. Just every track you have to listen to it multiple times, and set all the dynamic levels and all that stuff. So that uh, it depends creating a song like that would take a lot of wouldn't really be possible in 100 minutes unless it was shorter versus just writing a song yeah anybody can grab a guitar or piano write a song in 100 minutes if you're experienced or have inspiration yeah it's pretty interesting because when you saw him producing it it seemed like they seemed like they're doing random things but they actually like made a good song at the end <laughs> yeah so it's always fun to watch other people making music i don't know because everybody kind of has their own path to, to creating whatever they're going to create so it's like some people i don't know i've watched i've heard about other people making music and some people will start literally on a guitar and they'll play a couple chords and then they'll just kind of be humming until they find what they want other people it's way more technical and they like to think about it for a while and they try a couple things on the keyboard and they just they lay out exactly what they want it to be other people start with a sound, a synthesizer, and they just play with that until they get a sound they like. It really, it depends what kind of music you're making, but it's it's like it's really fun to watch because at the end of the day, you make music, right? It's music that people want to listen to, mm-hmm. and yet the the path to get there is so different for a lot of people. So, do you have any favorite YouTubers? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say um, I'm like, kind of addicted to that chapter, and that he's a. Yeah, he's he does I think about two two videos a week, and he it's a, generally like a twenty to thirty minute episode of uh, true crime narration, and he just oh. talks about and he yeah he just talks about a case that happened, and it's interesting because he has he has enough personality the way he does it where it's fun to listen to, and you can hear oh, he's okay he's making fun of the location again because we're in Florida and it's insane, or he's being sassy about whatever happened which is fun to hear but he but it also it's not just him overreacting to it like he, he'll make the comments but then he'll tell you the whole story and it, it can be a fucked up thing um so i don't know I, i've watched almost every single that chapter video since well for years so probably quite a lot of that and then i have a bunch of other little channels that i watch you know but I'm, and that's the first one that comes to mind is that whole mm-hmm. uh, true crime thing what about you trevor do you have a favorite one to recommend um, I just watch uh, Mr. Who's the Balls. <laughs> Did you say Mr. Who's Balls? Who's the Balls? Oh. Sorry. I thought it was a weird Grinch thing. Like, Horton, here's a who. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, he has uh, some crazy videos. He gets like... <laughs> he he has a big budget to like spend money on whatever he wants. So, And he has a lot of people to send him random like crazy devices so hmm i've been really interested in the last couple well, i mean every once in a while i watch the videos but recently I've been, I've been watching a few more of the 8-bit music theory have you guys seen that one hmm. it's a nope. person who makes videos about uh video game music and he'll like illustrate a musical point by using an example from uh, a video game so he'll you know whether it's how to compose a certain type of music or a certain um you know, like, here's why this music worked or why it doesn't or why it makes you feel this way or 
why is why does Mario sound happy or why does uh, or like I watched one the other day about uh, Ocarina of Time and Zelda and how you know, all the Ocarina themes had to be made with a certain limited amount of notes and they, what scale that what the, those used and why why were those notes chosen and how versatile they are to make those different things. So it's really interesting because a lot of the times we love video game music, but it's kind of fun to get a little more technical and think about why you know why do we like it or why does it work or why has it become so so infectious to us that we keep listening to it. Yeah, I listen to uh, remixes of Pokemon music all the time. <laughs> Last uh, week, you talked about the Spotify like year wrap-up. I thought it was crazy because my wife listened to only 35,000 oh, 35, minutes over the whole year. Hmm. But uh, Trevor, <laughs> he listened to... 11,000 minutes of uh, Coheed and Cambria alone. <laughs> I saw that. That's like yeah, a yeah. lot more than I expected, to be honest. I know. I mean, we, we talk about music kind of a lot. And I know you like Coheed and Cambria, but I didn't know that that was, you liked it that much. Well, I mean, I like didn't listen to him last year before. And then like I discovered the new albums and like goggly into them. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could find something I was that interested in. I'm trying to think. I guess for me, my 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 like top one was Ghost, like I said. So I mean, there's that one Ghost song, but I haven't had. I got the Epica album was pretty good this year. I'm trying to think. I don't know this year what else I've had. I listened to the Evanescence album kind of a lot, but not a whole lot. There was it hasn't been like last year. I had the new Nightwish album, which I listened to a lot, and Amaranth, which was good. But I don't know. Maybe next year there'll be some more albums. Oh, Trevor did. Uh... You did YouTube t tell you the total amount of minutes that you listen to music? I can check. Let's see. It's like a hundred thousand hours, a hundred thousand minutes <laughs> on YouTube music. Let's do you have a service like? Do you have Alex something that you could that would tell you what you listen to? No, I rarely listen to music. Really? Uh, yeah. You just listen to podcasts and stuff. Or you just don't listen to much. Yeah, just mainly listen to podcasts. I say my older brother kind of stole all the music passion. I don't know. <laughs> There's enough music to go around, though. There's so much music in the world. Find something super obscure and make that your thing. Why yeah. Can't I, Another uh, reason is that my ears are my... really sensitive. Can't mm, listen to like it's difficult. Music. It's like hard, uncomfortable to listen for a long time. Huh. Yeah, my ears. It, it, it doesn't say my total hours, music. So I'm out music an hour or so. Hmm. It's too bad. I really like the album as a as a long form kind of thing. I mean, sometimes I'll listen to just a song, but I really love when an album is a. I don't know. Everybody, I guess I'm sure you guys have them too. Like albums where you want to listen to the whole thing. To me, it's like it's like Dude, listening to a movie. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I can I can watch a movie, uh, but I prefer you know like that's I can I can listen to an album. There's certain I don't know like it's cheesy, but like uh, American Idiot is an album that I can listen to the the singles, or I can listen to the whole thing and it sounds good. Or uh, Imaginarum, my favorite Irish album. That's like a whole album. That's a whole album type of listening for me. I can listen to the whole thing <laughs> at once, and it's like it's a whole journey. Um, or like the Edward Scissorhands soundtrack, which I force everybody at work to listen to because it's so fucking good, so good. And uh, that's it. Tells the entire story. You don't even have to watch the movie. You can just you can hear everything happening within the music. That's Whereas cool. there's some there's other 
yeah, I don't know, maybe for me, it's a little bit some of the pop music or even some rock music where I can I can mix it up and it's it's also fine. Whereas certain some music just begs to be listened to in album form. Did you guys hear about how uh, Adele recently asked Spotify? Oh to yeah, take, she wanted. Oh, yeah. like, like, I saw that on, in the the podcast MKBHD's podcast. They like you can't because Spotify by default on the free listen plan you can't play a whole album straight through you have to shuffle it but Adele said like oh I don't want it I want my album to be heard how I arranged it so basically you can listen to it just from the first yeah. song that. And I had mixed opinions on one hand I was like oh great like an artist being saying that oh no you listen to it this way but and part of me is like no people want to listen to music however they want but but it wasn't like she was saying you could only listen to it that way it was she was just saying i don't want the first way that people play it to be shuffled i want it to be like you can you know i think if you were to play one of the songs then set it to shuffle it will but i don't mm. i think they removed like the big button that just says shuffle because i think she wants yeah. to discourage people from just shuffling through it because it makes she must have made an album that she really thinks sounds best listen to the way she that she curated it i mean there's a reason she put the songs in that order i'm sure hmm. but i thought that was interesting you know like sometimes if i ever shuffle music i i would i honestly don't think i would ever shuffle an album i would shuffle between songs of an artist but like yeah. if i'm gonna play an album i might as well play it all the way through and i feel it would feel really sacrilegious to put on a good album and then shuffle through those songs i'd be like <laughs> what no it's like I, I get so used to it like the end of this song happens and i'm anticipating the next one you know yeah. I, I get yeah it's, it's, it's like watching you know it's like what if you shuffled a movie and then every every 10 minutes they just switch them around it's like no this this comes after that it comes after that so be like star wars <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like um one of my favorite albums from Cody and cambria I just have to listen to it all like the way they um released it they released in two parts hmm. so it's like two separate albums but it's like one continual story um so like at, uh, originally there's the ascension and descension like parts but if you listen to the deluxe edition it has both of them in one album so you have like two hours of music so it's like great <laughs> yeah i know it's cool when that happens it's like i think a lot of people I've been thinking about it too because I've been. I don't. I'm not a person who's listened to enough classical music to really say this, but just I know that in a way, songs have gotten a lot shorter. You know, people 200 years ago or whatever, classical music was pop music. That's people listen to music in a concert hall with. Well, a lot of music was classical, and it would be longer pieces. You know, you'd you'd listen to something for five, ten, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. These long pieces that would go for a long time. And you lose a little bit of that storytelling ability if you're only listening to like three or four minute songs in a row, unless unless you're listening to an album that sounds really good. I mean, if you're just shuffling through these little bite sized snacks, you can listen to some awesome music. Music sounds great if curated and shuffled, but I'm just saying that it's a different experience to to go through something for like an hour or ninety minutes and really like get because you might be able to. For me, like I might be able to listen to a really heavy song if then like after a little while it gets there's a softer song you know, like it's, it's the whole the roller coaster of an entire album and like it really has to, if it's arranged well it really can keep your interest it's sort of like keeping in mind the song and then the whole album and how that sounds together yeah
You have any thoughts, Alex, on that? <laughs> we can move on. It's all right. <laughs> I like to bloviate about it. Well, Alex doesn't really listen to albums. He just like listens to Nick's music and remixes him. And no, it. I, no. Okay. I okay, only yeah, remixed okay. maybe one or two of his songs. <laughs> I want, I want to know, like a totally orchestral remix. It's like this rearrange all the parts. <laughs> all I have is audacity. I can't. I just <laughs> reorganize it, but not really like change it that much. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you guys seen like a total solar eclipse? I feel like I've never seen one. Maybe it was a couple years ago I saw one. Well, there was a big deal a few years ago. Was was that a total solar eclipse? The one everybody, at least speaking from well, in our um, part, the northern right, hemisphere, like, yeah, like okay. we're kind of Western. Even you guys were sort of the Western side of the United States. There was one a few years ago where it was either it was either total or most. It was yeah, I think it was a total solar eclipse because I remember people coming into the lab and bringing pictures of it. Um, but that was I, I didn't actually get to see it I don't know I don't think I, I saw it either I probably worked or something I think I was working <laughs> yeah I remember there was one like lunar event that happened maybe when I was in when I was living with you I think and something happened I remember hmm. that I, I was driving home when when it was happening and I didn't really care to do it <laughs> you like you defaulted and said, "Oh, I just la- watched a live stream <laughs> of it." Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, oh, it was, that was the that was the lunar eclipse or something, wasn't it? It was the lunar eclipse. Yeah, a total solar solar eclipse is when. Oh yeah. The when it's, when it's your, during the day and then is, it gets dark. Yeah the the moon like covers the entirety of the sun, creating like a shadow across uh, the earth. Shadow, yeah. Um, penguins got to enjoy one uh, a few days ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah, at last. Yeah, dude. I wish I was in South. I wish uh, I was a penguin. I wish I was in Antarctica. You know, like <laughs> it lasted a minute and fifty-four seconds for the complete like where the ombra, the darkest part of the moon, covers face of Earth. Let's see if a penguin can write a song in a minute and fifty-four seconds. <laughs> Probably could just screams, you know. Dude, penguin noises are not always what I expect them to be. I think of them being these little like round, cute units, and they make these weird noises. I love penguins. Yeah, um, there are some humans that were able to enjoy it. Uh, they're like you know scientists or some kind of researchers down there, but uh, you know these penguins are always equipped to go outside and enjoy the weather so they can plunge an average average temperatures between 14 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 76 at the highest point that's uh minus 10 to minus 60 degrees Celsius (laughs) yeah that would have me fucked up I couldn't do that yeah you need need to get more blubber on your body I'm working on it trust me (laughs) not been a kind December already. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had no idea there was even a total solar solar eclipse this year, so it's good to know. I suppose nobody was talking about it much because only the penguins got to see it. They didn't really <laughs> talk to us very often. So amongst themselves, they were probably very excited. But between it's probably us, like we what, really what the heck is happening? Like... They were like. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> 
He probably like <laughs> had had a time with the seal. <laughs> uh, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna move on to a more like technology stuff now. <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about like nodal about how it uh, shares data to Internet of Things devices. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor is sharing uh, the transition photo of the podcast because I'm going to yeah. be talking about helium. Crypto- helium is a cryptocurrency. And these are some helium filled penguins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you, yeah, Nodal um, uses your phones as a node to share the internet with Internet of Things devices over the Bluetooth. And Nodal is not liquid, but helium is... Gas. <laughs> liquid is... <laughs> helium is liquid. <laughs> liquid means that you could actually trade it and have monetary value like pretty easily. <laughs> okay. Like the, the, the liquidity of cash is really liquid because you could just buy something with it. Is that what they call like when a store goes up and it's any like liquidation or something? Get cash yeah, out of it? That's, that's trying to make cash out of whatever they can. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, Helium is based on the same concept of Nodal, but they actually sell like hardware so you don't depend on phones. So, so yeah, there's this company called Jag Industries, Industrial. Jag? <laughs> yeah, they. I saw an advertisement on Facebook and they said, oh, we'll give you this equipment for free and you could mm, get this helium uh, cryptocurrency. So I started doing that this week. We'll see how that works. <laughs> Did they send you the equipment? Yeah. It looks like a router, kind of. Not really. So what is this doing? Just like spraying weird frequencies into your body? <laughs> is this helping it, you in uh, any way? It uh, connects to Internet of Things devices. They what said, Internet of Things devices do you have? Well, they said one concept, or I don't know if it's called proof of concept, but um, people, when they or maybe UPS or something, they have trackers on their um, packages (laughs) and they use Bluetooth to um, track. So these uh, delivery companies pay for these services to have the internet provided to their trackers via Bluetooth. There's various applications for Internet of Things devices. I'm kind of aware of like the general concept of the Internet of Things. I'm just sort of thinking, I don't know. I, I tend to think that a lot of the Internet of Things devices I've heard of and thought about usually have their own Wi-Fi connections to the Internet. I mean, it's in, I'm trying to think of more things that I don't know about that would need a Bluetooth connection. You know, I guess you said like that... A delivery um, tracking, or you know, there's something like an Apple AirTag that has its own system, but that uses Bluetooth. But 
other than that, I mean, a lot of other things that need to be smart are probably already using Wi-Fi, aren't they? Mm. I don't know. They have the application. It was Bluetooth. free. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is free. I, I haven't seen Using any. your Wi-Fi. Yeah, it is using my Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Watch it be like mining cryptocurrency for them on your connection. It basically is. They said that they'll share 20% of it with me and they'll keep 80% of it. I feel so fucking old. Like when we talk, sometimes when we talk about these things, I'm just thinking to myself, like, can I go up to the counter and put $6 down for my burrito and like not really worry about what a blockchain is? <laughs> and it's really embarrassing, honestly, because I'm, I really love technology. I'm really a technical person, but sometimes I'm, when it comes to some of this, I'm still just, ah, I wish I was part of this. I wish I was part of your world. I'm just sitting on here on the edge, but I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to set it up by myself, and it's actually really simple to set up, but they own the device, so it is even more simple. All I had to do was just plug it into the wall, and they got the... And they started making money. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Hopefully, I could save up and actually get one for myself so i get a hundred percent you can just buy another one with that money that'd be perfect that's yeah exactly what they want you to do yeah that's to it uh <laughs> i'll see if i can do that mm. Mm. no interesting it's it's currently free <laughs> and they're gonna pay me for it <laughs> did it pay for your electricity bill uh hopefully it will Sounds good. I have a uh, exciting uh, concert tour announcement that I saw on Instagram. Uh, Presentation posted uh, they're touring, supporting uh, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, growing up, was like one of my favorite bands. Probably my first like big. I just listened to it all the time in middle school. Like put it on in PE and just... it's so funny. I never even heard you mention them before. You don't really talk about them ever. Yeah, because well, I don't really like you know listen to them now. But like back in the day, that's like my my jam was Iron Maiden. Yeah, it's a lot cooler than me. I probably listened to Simple Plan back then, and like I don't even know. So yeah, you know, number the the number the beast best and run to the hills. It is a cool tour though. Um, they're a cool band. I'm still like, you know, where if I were to go there, I'd probably wear my with Temptation shirt, but I'd still be, I, I guess, I guess I would stay to see Iron Maiden too. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not like that important of fantasy. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. And the other band, Trivium. Play Mother Earth, play Ice Queen. I've heard Trivium before. They also touring alongside uh, supporting with, uh, with Temptation. I, think the progressive metal something like that i've heard the name a lot but i personally haven't listened to them so i don't really know yeah uh one of their toy dates is in salt lake city so i'm excited i have another one uh it's not san jose or san francisco but i think it's somewhere yeah. not too far from here so i, I would consider like... it i'm thinking about it yeah with Temptation, you haven't seen them in a while. 
I know. The only time I saw him was with you live that one time, which was yeah. really good. I love love with the temptation, love Sharon's voice. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Fun, and fun, fun. Uh, yeah, hopefully you can go to that. Well, I have another follow-up topic. <laughs> Last time I mentioned that I was exploring Cardano and thinking about staking. Um, mm. The average, the the average, uh, what's it called? Uh, return on assets or staking is five percent, and <laughs> I decided that that's kind of low. It'd probably take me a year or so to make up for the fee cost. <laughs> so it's not, I don't think it's worth my money <laughs> to uh, stake. <laughs> um, yes. So <laughs> I learned a lot. It was kind of interesting how Bitcoin with Bitcoin, people, a bunch of people are fighting to get like the mine to get the block. But with Cardano, they, it's decided randomly. Um, so these based this is the on, uh, yeah, kind of, um, based on the, how many tokens you have delegated to you, you have the amount you could apply for slots <laughs> and from those slots, they choose, uh, from those slots and you're given opportunities to uh, mint a block. So it's, it's interesting, but I don't think I'm going to be investing in Cardano anymore. I, don't, I think the return is too low for me. <laughs> I'll be going over to my Polkadot uh, um, crowd loans <laughs> we got another batch coming up soon yeah um <laughs> i guess we will talk about when that happens yeah uh, i already said that nodal has announced that they're doing a crowd loan i just don't know when um yeah <laughs> It should be the next yeah, batch. Yeah. So yeah, the next batch will happen. We can see what happens with your cloud. The, ne the next batch cloud. started. The next batch. Cloud loading. Cloud loading. <laughs> cloud. Cloud load. The next batch is starting uh, the second half of this month, so it's gonna be really soon. So like Christmas, right? Yeah, and right. the first five. Uh, Parachains are launching, I think, next Wednesday. Partridge in a pear chain? Like stewed pears. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah, nice. I I supported two projects, no, and I... bo both of them should be launching. On Have you donated to Wikipedia yet? Dude. <laughs> Every time you go there right now, this is a short aside. They always bug you at the fucking top of the page. Like, oh, have you donated? The whole Thanks page for donating. And Maybe I tried to I tried to get Trevor the other day. He was like, Oh, they keep bugging me about this. I'm like, Well, have you donated yet? And he said, Yeah, I have. Hey, so have I. Every so year I donate. You, 
Yeah, me too. Let's show him throw a few bucks. I rarely use Wikipedia. Okay, fine. Oh, you're too yeah, cool you for Wikipedia, all. I guess. All you use is like, I don't know. Blockchain uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Googlepedia. Anyway, yeah, okay. If anybody's listening to this, donate to Wikipedia. Send them a few bucks. Cost you less. Than, cost you about the same cost as the coffee now, and you can help keep the what? servers on for some. Slice of pizza. Depending on what state and city you're in, yes. <laughs> you don't want to know how much I spent on pizza today, but. Yeah, anyway, donate to Wikipedia. Wikipedia is great. Most people use it. You can send a few bucks that way, and uh, it's a good cause. It's Mini probably going to do a few uh, like homework assignments, right? So, you know, pay it back. Honestly, yeah. I mean, think yeah. of all the times you go like, hey, I want to find out this fact. I, I'm going to prove you wrong. I know exactly what the fuck. I'm, I'm going to copy and paste this. What? <laughs> Lincoln Park's first <laughs> album came out this year. Oh, yeah? Oh, here it is. And then you just, you know... You just go into it, and you can find out anything you, you whip it out. want to know. Yeah, you, you whip yeah. out Wikipedia, and you're going to win that <laughs> slap argument. Slap it on. So, um, <laughs> slap on a few bucks. <laughs> Toss a coin to Wikipedia. Toss a coin to you. A website of plenty. Yeah. Um, any social news you wanted to bring up, Nick? Oh, yeah. Uh, briefly, I saw an article about... Um, we all know how these sort of content algorithms run social media now but Mm -hmm. i imagine if you will a time before when uh social media was kind of getting started and chronological feeds were the norm imagine how nice that was remember back when if you posted something if you went if you went back enough you would just see everything chronologically well i heard that uh, i read an article saying that instagram is testing a new version of that feature for the timeline and that will be an option probably presumably be an option for setting Instagram to just show posts chronologically, which is amazing. Cause that's what I really love. That's one of the reasons that's, that's one of the reasons I can't stand the, um, and maybe it's just a setting I haven't thought about, but the standard Twitter app, I feel like I go there and it's always like all these old Twitter, all these old tweets are showing at the top and it's all mixed up. I don't want that. I want like, just show me a chronological feed. That's all. This is what I want. It for. That's what I was complaining to Alex, like a couple days ago. I was like, I just like, if I could get, if I would pay, like if Twitter blue was like, get rid of ads and give me chronological order, I would be paying like five bucks a month. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I guess Can Instagram really is going to make the... that do it again. I think you could set it. So it is just chronological. Not that like I've I said, that, the I mean, original Twitter app. There's no way. Yeah, I know. I, 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 thought that's, I saw it in the settings. Maybe that's true. I don't know. For a while, I what I what I remember is that they like wanted to turn that off or something because they really were really trying to invest in their algorithm for non chronological sorting. But I I I'm a big fan of chronological <laughs> sorting because if I miss something, I can go to somebody's profile and I can see what they posted. Yeah. If I don't miss it. I want to see what's most recent. I don't like, you know, okay, other people like this photo of this thing, so it's going to go way up in my feed. And that it's great because I'll see posts that are really have a lot of engagement, but I'm going to miss posts from other people that I follow that don't post very often. You know, yeah. what if somebody posts mm-hmm. once a week or once a month, if they post, I'd like to see it come up, even if it's not very popular. That's the reason I follow them is because they posted it. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess I'm old fashioned in that way. But I thought it was it was it was almost kind of comforting because I've been on Twitter for quite a long time. Like I made my Twitter account in 2007, like kind of 
when Twitter was really first kind of people talking about Twitter becoming a thing and it was still a web 2.0 kind of, oh, this is a new company and we're going to tweet. And it was, it was a novel idea to have a Twitter account. Um, and that's how it was for a long time. It was chronological and they gave third-party Twitter apps, tons of API access and all this. And then obviously as time has gone on, they've limited that access in different ways and they've made the non-chronological timeline. Instagram has gone from chronological to non-chronological. So and a Facebook, of course, all these companies have really just started filtering out your news feed, your, your social feeds. So I, I would love a return to being able to just say, no, show me everything. Somebody, all my followers or all my, uh, all the people I follow, show them, show me everything they do chronologically. Just show me that. And I'll be happy. Um, and this thing that I found, the article I read said that Instagram is, I guess, working on that. So I'm here for that. I'd love to see. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how it like that. I've gotten, I have gotten used to the algorithm, so I know, I know that there's certain accounts that I see that I see a lot of because I might like their posts a lot. You know, mm -hmm. we all do it. I, I, I look at an account and I go, oh, I like that, and then I see more of it, which in a way you think is good. But then in my mind, I'm like, well, now Instagram has become a place where I see the same five, 10, 20 accounts a lot, but I wonder what this other person has been doing. And I haven't seen that in a while. And maybe because they're not popular, they don't get much engagement. I'd, I, I wonder how much yeah. more I'd see if it was just chronological, you know, that's why I, I use my third party Twitter client and I see chronological tweets. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like I, I love to know that because I don't, I don't follow a billion people. I can, if I scroll far enough, I will eventually see everything. You know, yeah. if I keep up with it every day and I spend a few minutes, I can pretty much skim through everything that's come through my feed. And I feel like, okay, I didn't miss anything. But with these other, these algorithm-based feeds, I never really know, is it just hiding stuff that it doesn't think I want to see? I, I do want to, I followed them for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Twitter has become kind of like Facebook kind of, where they always want you to see something new. <laughs> so they provide all these other options to find more content for you like you follow your interests or topics and all these random things you don't even follow people anymore <laughs> it doesn't yeah. follow anyone actually it's kind of like TikTok or something <laughs> that's honest, not how i like twitter though you know like i don't yeah. go on twitter to follow topics well, i go on twitter to follow like people i mean i've i see the value i mean on tumblr for instance a different social site uh, I might follow it. There might be a tag or a, a topic I would do want to follow. I want to follow everything related to that thing. Or what, sometimes I've gone to an event and I'll search Twitter for a certain hashtag and I'll follow that hashtag for a little while to see what's going on in that event. Like there, there are times when I do want to hear only about a certain thing, but it's not all the time. Like for, that's just yeah. how I like it. But I, there is, it's true though that a lot, I mean, there are people who've only ever used Twitter or Instagram or Facebook when it has been like this and that's all they know. And they probably prefer, maybe they prefer that. If you sh if you told them, it's all going to show up out, uh, chronologically. So even if, if I post something and you, it, nobody liked it, it's still going to show up in your feed. Maybe they wouldn't like that. I mean, I don't want to just say that my way, my way or the highway. I just think that I've grown. I've I started using the service chronologically, and so it really feels better to me to be using it that way. It feels more honest. I think. Hey, you post something, it shows up. It's like an RSS feed to me, but just saying the word RSS makes me an old fuddy duddy. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. F a few months ago, I was exploring all the topics and interests and stuff. And I realized that it's not my feed anymore. And I was trying to like unfollow all the topics and everything, but I found that you can't really reverse it. <laughs> it's still messed up. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see if this is any sort of trend or if it actually happens, but it'd be kind of nice to go back to basics with a lot with any service and just say, Hey, show me the stuff chronologically. If you have to show me ads, I will watch, I'll see ads between them, but I want to see what's going on. Like, I don't know. I, I, something about the, the lack of the, the non-chronological display, it just feels very unknown. It's like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm going to see. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be different every time, but there's some comfort in knowing, oh, I got to this spot. Yeah, I know this is exactly right. It's, it's a way to spatially orient yourself within your timeline of tweets yeah. or posts. It's to say, okay, like, here I am. I can, relative to this, I know before or after. I'm looking for this other thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe nobody thinks like that, but for the way I, I use social media, I like to, I like to, I like to know there's a truth. There's, this is chronological. There's, you can't change that. It's time. It's nice. Yeah, I, fo- yeah, I, used I, to, use... <laughs> I was just going to say, I used to follow, not follow, I used to use Twitter to, like, um, if there's an event, you could see, like, who posted first and see, like, okay, this guy responded after this, and can yeah. I, like, compare, like, what happened and, and who was the first to uh, react, and which is, like... I can see, like, current events happening, like, it's like, oh, okay, this happened next... Where now it's just like okay, I'm refreshing. Now what I'm gonna see? Like, it's like, one like am I gonna see? Really like, and then I'm gonna tweet. lose the tweet I just read. Like, where'd it go? Like, it's gone. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Like I said, we'll see if it catches on. I'm glad that the article that I read said that they're trying it again. So <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know what. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe people. Maybe nobody but us want that. I mean, there's maybe maybe most people don't care. But I will forever be. Person who grew up with these chronological timelines, I will die on that pedestal. Yeah, like one one big problem is you find a meme and then you like try to find it again, it's gone. So like, how are you gonna find it? You can't go back chronologically. You can't just like refresh it. It's gone. That's true. I, I I've done that a couple times on Instagram where I'm, I'll load Instagram again. I'll open it up. And it'll sh- for like a, a brief like a second, it'll show me one picture, the last one that was on the feed. And I'll be, oh, I'm interested. Let me check out the caption or whatever. <laughs> and by the time I'm looking at it, it reloads the algorithm and then it's gone. I'm like, no, I I, I wanted to see that one. Like, this is the most, oh, come on. So it's like, I mean, it's usually just like like a, a food post or an animal post or a thirst trap or something. So it's just like, okay, did, is this adding to my life? Probably not really, but yeah, hey, but you know. It's now you actually go into the profile pic the profile yeah. look for that picture right so fine yeah uh pixel they leaked it all you know they're always leaking yeah i didn't think they were actually leaking but according to john prosser which he has his, his records a lot off sometimes he had to shave his eyebrows you know um what what? Go on. Okay, well, the back now, so don't worry about that. Uh, anyways, um, the Pixel Watch has he confirmed it like six months ago that they're Does working the on watch it. Have eyebrows? It should. It'd be cool. Okay. I mean, it has arms already, so. Um. Yeah, it's going to be completely different. It's going to compete directly with the Apple Watch. Um, Good look. 
so instead of being like a three hundred dollar watch, probably four hundred to five hundred dollar watch. Um, that's more expensive than a lot of the Apple watches. But good luck. Okay, we'll see. Really? Okay. Um, you get an Apple watch. Yeah. Can't you get an Apple watch for like two hundred and something dollars now? Oh yeah, maybe an original like an OG, OG one. Friend. Yeah, like an SE is what most people want. Just like notifications and fitness. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is more high end. It's uh, not a square display. It's completely round and curved, bezels, bezel-less. Um, it's exciting. Uh, I've always wanted a Google-made watch. It's been years. I've been saying this for like last ten years of my life. Hey, you know, so, literally, he has. Trevor's been like, I've given him so much shit because every year, two, every two years, I'm like, oh, I got this new Apple Watch. It's great, and I'm like, hey, Trevor. Where's your watch? And he's like, oh, uh, like no. for a while, he he like for literally one time he ordered a watch and then, like it was supposed to ship six months later. And then like it, it maybe took him longer than that. And then he didn't get his. And then it took, got longer. And then it got delayed. And then for like two years, yeah. this whole thing didn't happen. And then eventually, we got an email from them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, and they I'm, just said like, yeah, we we have nothing. We just uh, we just suck as a company. And they just said bye. Like okay. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Right. It's like, we don't have any money. Here you go. <laughs> Suffice it to say, um, yeah, I've given shit, I've given hella shit to Trevor about Android watches. So hopefully, this is the one watch to rule them all. Because hey, you know, other people have been wearing Apple watches for the last six years. So hopefully, you can finally get a watch you're proud to. Maybe I can wear Pixel Watch for the next six years. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully yeah, there's. A good I would. One, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not slapping chicken or whatever. Or fish. That's right. You yeah. slap the fish and you fillet the chicken. chicken. Fillet the yeah. children. Yeah. Children. The, ch- the chicken. Um, <laughs> yeah, these earbuds I have on, you can't even see it. But yeah, I, these got an update. I can change the bass level now. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, the other cool thing, they, um, if do they have primary... a good bass response? Do they have? Yeah. Is, is the bass strong when it's turned up? Yeah, uh, there's an equalizer um, setting within. I just any, meant more like, like the, the the speaker, the little tiny speakers in there. Is the bass strong? Is it deep? Can you? Is it like? Is yeah. It punchy or is it not? Because there's all kinds of. Headphones. No, yeah, it is. I mean, the reason why I brought up the equalizer is because like it's pretty balanced usually, just by default. So like I had to change it to like. If I wanted to listen to like a more metal like profile, right, it would kind of amp up like more bass guitar, more drums, um, and I'd hear the bass more. So, hmm. uh, so this will basically amplify from negative one to four. You can change hmm. your bass boost between that. Some people prefer it because the style of music is more skewed to that, like uh, drum and bass or any kind of like. Dude, tons hip-hop. of like hip hop and rap music. I don't want to speak for everybody who listens to that, but there's like hella bass, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all about the I kick don't and then, like the, the bass line, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Sub bass. But I'm I'm assuming that's why they've added in new settings of that to change it up. More control can be nice when it comes to audio or anything like that. Yeah. Like you don't know you know, audio in a way is I guess you could say there's the way the artist intended it to, to be heard, and there's also the the way that you want to listen to it. And for a lot of yeah. people, that's more comfortable in different ways, you know. So hey, choice can be nice. I don't really change it out all my headphones, but I, maybe I would if I had an easy way to do that. 
I mean, some people expect to have VU phones, like, I don't know, like school candy, like, kind of expect some, like, bad balance and some really high bass. So maybe you're used to that. So, like, my headphones don't sound like how they used to. And then you switch it up, like, oh, yeah, there it is. I've heard, no, of, like, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys heard about it. It's like years ago, they did a they i don't know who they is but i say they because it happened sure, they have the experts <laughs> the experts there was there was a study about um you know how there's different kinds of compression for music you can have an uncompressed yeah. like a, a wave file or whatever that pretty mp3 it, it's very very it's flag. very very high fidelity then there's mp3 or flac three is compressed and then so if you have a very highly compressed mp3 file it, you can hear the compression sometimes. You can hear yeah. usually in things like crash cymbals and rock or pop music, or you know different frequencies. You hear the compression more. And I remember this is uh, maybe even ten years ago. It's a while ago. That there was a study that people who grew up listening to really compressed music either didn't hear it or they preferred that that sound because that's what they knew. You know, when they were so. Mm -hmm. it, it, it sort of shows you how there. It might be better to listen to uncompressed music or. High, you know, very lost or high, um, lofty, or or music that's compressed less or has higher fidelity. But part of music or any subjective thing is how you think it sounds. And I think especially with music, there's a thing where people, you know, a lot of people are answering that question, saying we like this version of the song because it sounds better to us. Well, what they're saying is it sounds more familiar because if you get used to something that's very compressed, you'll say, oh, this is what sounds more normal to me versus you have to it's, then they have to develop an ear for the, the less compressed version which i thought was really interesting you know because you sometimes you think the higher quality version is always better and the high, higher quality version isn't always better you know it's like you have to you sometimes you have to learn to appreciate like me honestly to be honest with wine like i'll buy a 10 20 bottle of wine if you give me one that's like 50 dollars, i don't know that i would really know the difference because I'm not a connoisseur, I didn't spend all this time studying it. So a lot of people don't. They just listen to really compressed audio and they think, "Yeah, that sounds great to me." But you might have to spend a little more time to really uh, to appreciate the nuances between the compressed and uncompressed. I don't really know what triggered that tirade, but I thought it was an interesting <laughs> anecdote. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I I think it's probably most most of the newer generations they don't have an appreciation for high quality because most of the speakers we have I mean, it's better than you most most of the speakers we grew up with were like wired high quality speakers but now it's all bluetooth so it's and already speakers very lofty probably very like bad speakers in cars right I mean, exactly I'm trying to think, I mean, the average person who listens to music <laughs> Unless you had an audiophile in the in the family who really listened to music, you, you probably had a home stereo, and then you had a car, and then maybe for our generation, you had maybe a desktop PC or a laptop with headphones. I mean, the, there hasn't really been high quality audio has never really been a mainstream thing, you know. I'm trying I to feel even, like in my father's generation, it's more of a high quality thing with actual record plays and like big bookcase speakers you know that's a little higher end than what we have bluetooth speakers connected to a phone that's not yeah, the, even the wired, potential there so. is higher i mean if you have you know what a, a phonograph and then some a good a good amplifier or receiver and some decent speakers yeah. the potential is there for really good sound quality 
but I would, to be honest, I'd say with good compression, a, a, a good, a decent digital file is going to sound just as good to most people, even people who are pretty critical. I mean, I'm somebody who's kind of critical, but not super, super, super critical. And I'm happy listening to streaming music. It's good. It's good enough for most cases. You know, I mean, there are times when, hey, I'd love to have the highest quality available, but I don't know. I mean, are there times where you have, when's the last time either of you have listened to anything online and thought, oh, this is too compressed and sounds terrible. I remember hearing a few like LimeWire MP3s back in 20 years ago or something that sounded bad, but it's been a while since to me, I mean, digital music has sounded good for quite a while. I mean, I could sometimes I would get like audios from people who like send me a song and then I'd listen to it. But then when I found it in a different source, I could hear all the like detail better because it wasn't super compressed so that's, that's i mean that's what i could hear different it's so it's, funny it reminds it, me of yeah yeah it reminds me of my uh, our mutual friend allison we have a friend who um she she loves music but she does she's not an audiophile and, and, and at all she as long as the song is playing in some form she's fine and so she she had a disc uh, she had, for a while the car until recently kind of the car that she drove didn't it only took cds she couldn't plug a phone into it so she would still use cds and uh i would make her make cds and stuff yeah. but, um, That's fun. She, she she burned a couple of her own cds and one time we were listening to a lady gaga cd and i was like i i literally said to her this is really weird there's something wrong with the music like, this sounds this sounds really shitty this is, it doesn't it doesn't sound this bad normally and she's like, oh, well, it, I just got it off of the internet. And I'm like, well, did you like buy it from iTunes or Amazon or something? Or did you? And she's like, oh, no, I, I got it from a YouTube rip. And I'm like, oh, that explains it. Because it sounded, for me, it was super obvious. I mean, this sounds terrible. And then she was, she had no idea. And I'm not, I'm not trying to shut her. I'm just saying it's amazing to me that for some people, it doesn't matter at all. They hear the song, they hear the song. For me, I'm just fixated on the fact that, whoa, these symbols sound disgusting. Or, you know what I mean? And I, I have no I can't tell if it's normal. Like maybe nobody else. Maybe I bet like what eighty percent of the people. No, ninety-eight percent of the people probably don't even hear compression. They just think, "Oh, it's the song that's playing." But I thought it was funny when I reacted so strongly, and I was so because I'm such a Lady Gaga fan. I was so disgusted by like <laughs> the sound of this Lady Gaga when it could be so much better. By I'm like, I just said, "Girl, come on! Like, do you need me to give you ten bucks on iTunes to buy this and burn a real CD? Because this is we can't have Gaga on low fidelity. Trust me." Mm-hmm. but yeah some people just it's interesting the perception of detail in music some people don't care they just they hear the song it's fine play it on a crappy cassette in an old little cassette deck it's fine versus you know an uncompressed digital file in a perfect studio i mean sometimes all you need to do is hear the song no matter how bad it sounds you're enjoying yourself other times i mean you just that's can't get most of, how bad it sounds yeah most of the time that's what i listen to at work it's just something you like get me through the day you know just like a story something to distract me from what i'm doing with the chicken you know it's like exactly even though if i'm listening through bluetooth headphones on a compressed digital file it's not going to sound perfect but it's going to sound good enough to make me enjoy myself yeah and then when i actually put my headphones on I'm like wow i could actually hear everything it's crazy imagine that wow uh, I think you have a, a new song you've been <laughs> developing, and you definitely put in details. Um, some of the details yeah. I'd say uh, sound like uh, you wear your influences on your sleeve. So, it's very yeah, good. absolutely. I, I make no yeah. 
I uh, I'm totally honest about that. But yeah, I shared a new piece of music that I've been like. Well, I honestly I've been working on, but it was like one weekend day last weekend. <laughs> so I just sketched out a new song I had in my mind. Um, I shared it with the other people on this podcast. It'll probably play at some point, but it's yeah, it's fun. It's kind of an orchestral thing, and it's. Uh, I go between, I've been working on some other stuff, it's a lot softer, I'm trying to get myself, as somebody who makes music, I'm trying to get really into working with different dynamics and letting music be soft, and letting music be just more dynamic overall, going from quiet and on the edge of silence to extremely loud, or just staying completely soft the whole time. Um, I'm somebody who listens to really a lot of loud music, so I'm really, ex I, I default to like, pounding out eighth notes with strings really loud on the keyboard until I have something I like. <laughs> and that sounds good, but you eventually, you know, every song could be like that. So um, I was doing softer stuff, and the song I, I shared with you guys, I was like, no, I'm gonna go back to just putting everything into these chords and just hearing it. So mm -hmm. it's kind of fun. Very swashbuckling. Yeah. The song that you uh, gave us, you labeled uh, Rough Seas. Uh... But uh, you said you got some orchestral or symphonic sounds from uh, the Black Friday deal. Or what? Is there uh, another reason, or what's the main reason that you uh, have composed this? I think it's this? like I don't know. It's like both. I think I have. I'm within the span of about one Black Friday weekend, I've become a total Spitfire bitch. I saw Spitfire was having a ton of sales. So I was like, whoa, these are pretty good deals. And I've been I've been eyeing these orchestral libraries for a while. And I bought one. I was like, oh, this sounds so good. So I bought another one. And then I was like, oh, that sounds great too. And then I bought another and they gave me another one for free. And so I just, I've been kind of a Spitfire binge. Spitfire is a, a company that makes really good um, sound libraries, mostly orchestral, all kinds of, or they, they have multiple series of orchestral um libraries uh, so i have a few of them now or a few a few of the beginning ones and they're i think they sound great so that's mm -hmm. part of it part of it's just like this this time of year puts me in orchestral mood because i listen to my favorite danny elfman scores for the winter and i listen to my favorite nightwish albums for the winter and everything just I'm in an orchestral mood. So I sit down and I'm like, Oh, I, I want to make some orchestral music. <laughs> and um, the one I shared with you guys is kind of generic, just really fun, bombastic, simple uses a lot of, a lot of pretty much the whole, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's very unique music, but it's fun. Yeah. Did you say that you did it? This, did you compose this way? <laughs> um, produce this, this past weekend or how pretty much? Yeah. I worked on it. Like it's like a, over two, over two days for a couple hours a day, I was just sitting wow. on the keyboard pounding it out. Nice. Um, that's why it doesn't sound very dynamic because it doesn't. I haven't gone through and really edited edited the dynamics of the different instruments. So it's really just kind of a sketch. It's like, oh, I want these, <laughs> I want the horns to do this, I want the strings to do that, but I haven't refined it at all. That's why it sounds. That's the way it is. Way the way it is. Uh, I have yeah. the main riff. There's like these three chords that start the song. And, that I like I, that pattern in that way. I've started, I made a song with that like 12, 13 years ago. And then oh, wow. I've never, I've never mm -hmm. really been able to make something else with it. And so just, just those first few chords were like an idea I've had for a long time. And then everything else was done, you know, last Saturday or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, 
those few chords that you chose is kind of like a melody that was pretty consistent throughout the whole um yeah production. i'm trying to, i'm trying to get better at that like choosing you know maybe the the chords the progression is three chords or five chords or whatever and then you can either you can either bring that through the whole song or maybe you play different chords but you use that same rhythm it's like i want to make yeah. my music more cohesive you start with an idea and then you expand upon the idea as opposed to just sometimes i'll make a song or i'll write something and it sounds good but there's a bunch of parts that are just completely different mm -hmm. so i, I want to try to bring it a little bit more together and say hey there's a reason that the rhythm is doing this because it hey this is part it's it's all part of one cohesive whole yeah, so, yeah. i'm interested in that so uh the song is called rough seas uh did you imagine what did you imagine what's going on or did you imagine anything <laughs> um well yeah for most of it i just think of like the sort of action pirate fantasies that i have um, <laughs> I think I don't know. I think of being on like a either on the shore by lighthouse or being on a um, maybe you're on a ship or something during you know a really rough storm and your your ship is just moving around and you just hear this pounding orchestra. Um, it's really kind of it's like an action kind of thing. It's it's very melodic. It's not really it's not it's not action in a sort of dark way. It's action in just a fun way. You know, you hear it's kind of mm -hmm. like everything built. It's, it's a lot of build up to the next section. So I just I just imagine. Uh, kind of a storm in, in the ocean and you're trying to brave that whether that means you're on this you're on the shore trying to withstand the bigger waves coming to you or you're on a you're on a ship trying to get through the water but it's that kind of song to me yeah i imagine that it was like a very risky there's at least one part is pretty risky you could have lost like the whole ship or something and in that section there's like a part that's kind of synthetic noises or you're talking not, about the middle uh, section kind of it's like the middle uh, section is like a harpsichord the, so the, yeah the middle section is um it's a it's some in the the bottom end it's some like some cellos and some low strings kind of like pounding out and then there's these drone sounds probably you guys are thinking about that they kind of sound like strings or bagpipes kind of they're these weird synthetic drone sounds they sound sort of like an accordion maybe but, yeah, yeah, heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. Is. Some unnatural sounds. It made more sound more. Yeah, so you know, I mean, yes, they're they are sort technically they're unnatural because they're just sampled instruments, but they're real recordings of um, a hurdy gurdy, which is an instrument. It's that's what it was. I was trying to think yeah. of what that was. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's an instrument. You that know I that sound, Trevor? Just... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, like high music. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it, the way to me made famous by the the Black Sails soundtrack. Yeah, that show that I love. Exactly. I was yeah, trying to think yeah, what that's called. Exactly, Trevor's watched that show, and in, in that show, yeah. um, is it Bear McCreary did the music for that, and it, they use a ton of. I think they use a lot of Hurdy Gurdy, and Hurdy Gurdy <laughs> is um, both very fun to say, and it's it's a, it's a really cool instrument. It's sort of, from my impression, it's sort of uh, about that big. And I'm holding my hands a couple feet apart. Um, and it has multiple strings. Imagine like a guitar or violin or something, but it's shaped in a way that has a, a wheel. That instead of a bow, you cr you can turn a wheel, and it constantly drums. Right. Yeah, because you know, a, a normal boat instrument, you have to pull. The, you know, the bow goes forward and backward, you know, against uh -huh. the string. But the hurdy gurdy is it's it spins. So as long as you keep turning it, the, the drone will continue. That's and, interesting. Um, so, 
those those sounds that are kind of dissonant in, in the song that I sent, those are hurdy gurdy samples. And um, hmm. yeah, I, I have a couple. I have a bunch of different sort of drone drone sounds that I can play against that. And I wanted that to sound really tense. And as as the, as the sound shifts a little bit, it's not yeah, you know, it goes kind of dissonant and doesn't sound. It's not pretty. It sounds kind of off key. That was obviously on purpose. That's just what the instrument was doing. But um, one, I love to say hurdy gurdy because I think it's fun. And two, I, I do like the sound of it. It's it's sort of to me, it's in between a bagpipe and like a string section. It's 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 not quite as. I don't want to shit on bagpipes. It's not as quite as forward as bagpipes. Bagpipes <laughs> are very in your face. Like whoa, that's a bagpipe. And then it's, it's not quite as um expressive i think is a string to me a hurdy-gurdy mm-hmm. is like it's sort of in between like what is that sound because most people don't think about it you just think oh that sounds like you said it sounds synthetic you think oh this what is the sound it sounds man-made it sounds synthetic no it's it's what we call a hurdy-gurdy <laughs> so anyway i put that in there to enhance the piratical sound because i was just in this sort of swashbuckling mood and i thought <laughs> Um, I've seen, I, I've watched TV that had pirates in it and had a hurdy gurdy. So why don't I add some of this into it myself? Black tails. Yeah. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. I'm having a ton of fun. Um, I had, I've had some great orchestral libraries. I have like that East West, uh, composer cloud, um, subscription where you can get a bunch of orchestral libraries from East West quantum leap. And those are great. I've been using those a long time. And I don't know what compelled me to spend money that I don't have on the Spitfire audio libraries, but I think they sound super great. Um, something about it, you know, I think part of it's no matter what, it's sort of like when you buy a new camera lens and you don't really need it, but then it inspires you to take a bunch of photos. It's not making you take better photos, but if getting it makes you take more photos, maybe it was worth it. For me, mm-hmm. buying these orchestral libraries, maybe they're, I don't know, I can't say whether they're really that much better or worse than what I had before, but if they're inspiring me to get behind a keyboard, maybe it's, maybe it's just, maybe that's good. So yeah. I, it's funny, even last, like last night I wrote a, a whole com- kind of completely different sounding thing. I do a lot of stuff that sounds the same. Let's be all be honest. But um, <laughs> the thing I did last night sounds pretty, pretty different. I'll share that. That sounds kind of, I don't even know. It's like, I don't, I don't want to sound problematic, but a little more exotic. It uses chords that I don't usually use. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really fun. Like, it sounds more, well, it sounds like the Uncharted 3 soundtrack. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's fun to just, I'm really trying, I'm trying to tell myself to listen to more orchestral music too. I want to like, it would be really fun to be able to understand a more complex form of music. I love pop music. I love a, a really good three minute pop song, but I, I would love to also under, to be able to understand and listen to more you know, a 10 minute classical piece or something. And I can mm. listen to it, but I'd love to know. I'm such a technical person. I want to know what what's going on in this. Why is it composed the way it is? Why are the clarinets harmonizing exactly that way when they could be doing something else? I want to, I love knowing all that detail. So I don't know. I'm getting into it. It's fun. Nice. Well, thanks for listening to it too. It's like fun. It's fun to show some show it off to a couple people even if it's just a, a basic sketch of something it's not really finished but um, mm-hmm. it's fun to hear people it's fun to know a couple a couple of other people have heard it yeah i don't know if Ori ring is popular or what but we got a pretty we got more listens last episode than usual <laughs> i bet yeah people hear that keyword or whatever basically if they if you search for that you know maybe you're searching for information about it you'll uh, you'll get you'll get hits mm-hmm. you 
Is it any better? Is it worth the time? Has yeah. your opinion evolved? Yeah. Um, is it okay to move on to the last topic? Yeah, the it's tradition to finish off with your astrophysic news. <laughs> yeah, this is more like uh, it's not only astrophysics. It's just like more of a uh, what they're gonna use the web for. They're gonna like as soon as as soon as this uh, space telescope's out. This is like the first thing they're going straight to. Um, this uh, they're going to they they have a few like quasars right? they've been like studying and observing for a while. Um, these quasars are thirteen billion years away, light years away from Earth. Um, there's this uh, few people, researchers, Fan Ying and Banyados. Uh, that's their last names. Uh, they are from Sep both one of them, these Fan, Fan and Yang from uh, University of Arizona. Banyados is from uh, an institute in Germany. Um, with their teams, they've been looking forward to the launch of this James Webb Space Telescope because it's going to bring a lot more detail, more observations than they ever had before. Um, so this is like one of the first things they're looking forward to once it's launched out, which is coming in a couple weeks. Hopefully, three three weeks it should be launching. Um, so the web's tools are going to use like for extent for this um, for these quasar observations. Um, they have sensitivity to infrared light which is mid infrared wavelengths that could only be captured in space to allow the team to observe these objects whose light has traveled through the team building years and has had its wavelengths stretched from ultraviolet and visible lights to infrared lights uh, web has unmatched sensitivity and spatial resolution which will reveal complex structures in these distant objects hmm. uh, yeah, it says these quasars are very special objects. This is why we want to provide the best characterization possible of each with web. Um, so they will they be able to take the lights that have been like losing energy and changing into different lights or waves? Are they be able to kind of translate that back in time to determine some nature of the quasar uh i feel like it's more of a uh, it's like going from a cell phone camera from like the dumb phone area going up to a higher greater resolution of like a smartphone camera uh for modern day so you're gonna have a lot better color you're gonna be able to see exactly what's happening instead of just like four pixels of like maybe it's like you know like um that's pretty much how, how big of an upgrade this telescope's going to be comparatively hmm. um yeah so they they go on say zooming in uh that they will use almost every available instrument on web to observe these quasars they will refine the measurement of the mass of each supermassive black hole um 
to increase the precision, they're going to turn to spectra, which is data that detail an object's physical properties, including mass and chemical composition. Um, they will also take a very deep, detailed image of each target with the new infrared camera. And then at the final, they will, with the pr processed image, they will. So the team will also obtain spectra. So they have a few different datas from different instruments, mid-infrared, near-infrared, and then the, the camera all working together. So it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of like information coming through as soon as it's launched. I, I feel like there's a lot of projects that all these teams are like, super like excited for like oh, we're finally gonna have some new like instruments to like use you know so it's cool that these guys will be will be like first in line you know <laughs> it's fun to hear about people talking about actually using it you know after all this time we can talk about <laughs> hey this is what, what's gonna happen what, what new data are we gonna get what new photos are we gonna get so yeah because it's been sort of a uh, it's, uh, what is it problematic build up to that so fun to know that hey before too long we'll actually get results yeah i wonder like how much data like is it terabytes of data they have to like process first so like i wonder how much data is coming through for them i wonder to, that like, too yeah because sometimes the imagers are high resolution but sometimes they're they're not as i don't really i can't say but i'm assuming they're maybe not as super high resolution high data as they could be i'm, I'm really i actually as a, as a sort of photography nerd i'm really interested in what kind of image data they get off of those things at all do they just i'm i'm assuming it must i actually don't have any idea i wonder if it's just an un uncompressed image signal that they get like a sort of a tiff file kind of thing that the imager pr produces or is it some sort of raw file they have to reinterpret i i have no idea i would assume they yeah, want the highest quality but Maybe because of issues uh, transmitting such high high quality images, maybe they have to compress it. I don't. Know. I'd be really. I should. I should research that. That'd be fun, interesting to learn how to, what's going on with that. Yeah, I totally. Because I know it's like big data, right? It's like it's not all instant, like one picture. It's like a lot of long term, like steady data. Watching something like basically a single point. And watching it for like years and then after that year you have like this massive like collection to go through and come through what changes are and to follow what's gone through this yeah, crazy like that know? yeah um you know like even with my camera which is a really high-end super high-res camera let's say i took a really an uncompressed file you know 600 megabytes is a lot of data but that's a manageable amount now but let's say you took one of let's say you take multiple of those every day for a year that's really a lot of data to go through you know so i don't i mean obviously i don't know anything really about what that camera's about up there right now but i'm just saying it, it changes it's sort of like how the difference between photo and video how you might say hey you know an eight, eight megapixel photo we've been we've had those for the last 15 years it's not that crazy but then if you think okay we're gonna shoot those 120 times per second at raw quality that is really resource 
you know, demanding. So it's sort of like the, it depends not just how many you, not just the quality of one single photo, but how much data you have overall. If you have, I don't even know, maybe you, I I have no idea how these work. It's a hundred observations per day or whatever it is. And you have to do that for multiple days. It's a lot of data to to go through. I mean, image data, when you have a lot of it, it's easy to un- underestimate how much processing that takes. Yeah. <laughs> Something to uh, think about. As always with our astro astro topics. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to go through while we were all here on the line? Mm, no, I don't have anything more. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing the song. It's uh, nice. It's I think it's fun that you have an outlet that you could share it. For my pirate fantasies? Yes, I agree. Yes. <laughs> it's fun. Thank yes. you. Thank you for listening. Like I said, nobody else does, so. Nice to know somebody but myself is listening to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, I'll right, talk to you later. Talk to you later, too. See you.